This is an ABC podcast. That's a contained container full of sweat, but this is a much better way of going about it. Welcome back to Bang On, everyone. (laughs) Contained container full of sweat. That's the 2023 energy you're bringing in. On. Buongiorno. Ciao, Bella. Oh, my Hello. God. Two months, Miv. Two months. It's been a long time. <laughs> We're back, baby. I know. It's so nice. It's so nice to hear your voice, see your face, touch your skin. That's starting to sound creepy. <laughs> Just so nice to touch again. So nice to feel. It's been more than two months since Bang On last dropped. We're going to explain why we've come back a little bit later this year. Uh, But first, have you had a good summer? Have you had a good break? Have you had a good bang break specifically? Are you talking to me or are you talking to everyone listening? I'm talking to you. To me? Bang fam. Bang fam I'm checking in on as well. That was a question. Yeah. I think that's a broad question for all of us. Are you okay? Are you okay? Have you had a good break? Yes, I've had an amazing break. Um, It was delightful. I had such a busy year last year and it was really nice to have a little break over Christmas. But then I um, had to go into rehearsals for something I've never done before in my life, which is musical theatre. And I think we talked about it last year. The Bang Fam know exactly what I've been doing. I've been in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Can I just remind people of what you are doing? A bit of this. It's astounding. Time is fleeting. Miff Warhurst literally premiering her theatre debut this week in Sydney. Rocky Horror has kicked off. The reason that we've had to delay Bang On a little bit is because you've been all over the shop with rehearsals and now Rocky Horror has kicked off. You know where you're going to be literally every night. But oh my God, you're in Rocky Horror with Jason Donovan. Can we just let that sink in for a second? I know. When I say it out loud, it's not real. Like I was doing breakfast television this morning, me and Jace, like a, you know. I'm sorry, me and Jace. Me and Jace, like a team. And look, if I'd ever said anything to 15-year-old me back in little old Red Cliffs in 1987, singing Kylie's part in Especially For You, <laughs> that, that this would be my life as I near 50. I, I Look, I just couldn't, I couldn't imagine it. And I, I feel, I feel so lucky and it's been so fun and he's lovely and... Is he nice? Know, like I've seen a lot of photos and he seems to be hugging you and having a good time. Like he's, he's, is he IRL nice? He is divine. He's one of us. So, oh, I love you know, that. Yeah, yeah. And you know exactly what, what I mean when I say that. Like, you know, loves a laugh. Uh, got great jokes. We muck around. He's great with all the crew. Brings a great energy. Um, much respect, like huge respect for him as a performer. And and you know what? Also, the rest of the cast are utterly adorable and beautiful and wonderful and talented. But I get to like launch my theatrical career on one of the best stages in the country with this kick-ass team. Like, I can't believe my luck. I just can't. Like, I'm. It's quite, like I'm almost getting a bit teary. It's so, it's it's just out of this world. So, and I'm pinching myself every day, going, "What? What are you doing? This is amazing." So yeah, it's been a pretty special time. But I've got to say, also, so terrifying. I've never been more frightened of anything in my life. Yeah, what's it like? What was it like as you did the previews, but then particularly on opening night Horrific. and the, the, the curtain going up? Like, what did you feel like? <laughs> awful, awful. I think I think the worst day though was first day of rehearsals when I was turning up, and I I've used this metaphor before, but it, it explains it really well. Um, it's like turning up to play basketball with the Harlem Globetrotters and you can't play basketball. (laughs) 
<laughs> like that's how I felt. And I just, I was so anxious and nervous. And it was like first day of high school where you didn't know anyone. And oh, it was horrible. I never thought I'd feel that way again in this life. Because, you know, we go into things knowing what we're doing at this yeah. age. Yeah. And I had no idea. But, but this is been... the thing, isn't it? Being shaken up, learning something oh. new, getting scared again. I didn't cope very well with it, Zan. I was terrified. <laughs> I was actually legitimately terrified. And now the show's open, I feel really good and I know all my lines, but like, oh, I just, I've just been in a little burrow just going, what have I done? <laughs> what have I done? I'd go home and go, what have I done? But no, it's, um, I'm having an absolute ball now. And I'm yeah, so happy. I'm so yeah. proud of you. Bloody Yay, hell. This is huge. You. Absolutely huge. I know. It's really, yeah. People talk about going out of their comfort zone. Whew, I'm not sure if we've got the ticker to actually cope with being out of our comfort zone at this age, but I'm trying my best. This How is going to be your life as well for the next six months. Rocky Horror is going to be trekking all over the the place in Sydney That's for the right. next few months and then to Adelaide and Melbourne. So um, you're going to be singing these songs in your sleep. Yeah, I already am. <laughs> I know years them to come. <laughs> off by heart. And that's the thing. I've been so enmeshed in this creative process. I haven't listened to anything or watched anything. I almost, my brain can't cope. So um, hopefully now things have calmed down. I should be able to get back into a bit more of a regular life. But what about your break? Did you have a good one? I had a good break, yeah. I had a little bit of time off. You know, I always kind of work over the new year quite literally mm-hmm. um, and, yeah. and had fun doing that. I managed to get uh, tweeted by my favourite Twitter account, Australian Kitsch, because I made a joke <gasps> yes. about how my dress was um, paying homage to the Sydney Opera House's sales that and they found, found a picture of Dame Edna <laughs> Everidge wearing literally a dress <laughs> with the Australian flag and the Opera House. Uh, I was like, well, that's good. I mean, you know, Barry Humphreys has had some questionable things to say over the last few years, but Dame Edna and being put up against that iconic dress felt like a real moment. Moment. So thank yeah. you, Australian Kitsch. Amazing. But, I, but I, I've been loving the summer and still, you know, enjoying the that beautiful late summer that we seem to be getting more and more. And I've been going out a lot. Um, last night I saw Kay Tempest, which was friggin' incredible for anybody who went and saw Kay over the last couple of weeks. Their shows were just phenomenal. But I only mention that because my warm up for that incredible show was a film that we've been talking about mm. excitedly since last year. I finally saw Cocaine Bear. Get out. Apex Predator. <laughs> High on cocaine. <laughs> out of his mind. <gasps> oh, man, you fucked. Five stars, Miff. Five stars. Five That's stars. my review for Cocaine Bear. <laughs> oh, my God. Five stars. Yeah, five stars. Is it really good? Like, is it – tell me. Tell me more. Like, I, it looks like one idea to me that might not carry across, but obviously it has. It holds your attention the whole time, and I think the key to that is that it is a 90-minute long film. Yes. That gets five stars alone because five of the rarity just, these days. Oh, absolutely. Films are too long. I've got no time for three hours at, at the cinema. God, I'm no. not interested. Not interested. No one needs to toilet break in the middle of a movie 90 minutes perfect length but also because of that it's a simple idea it is I will remind people based on a true story of a drug king who basically dropped a bunch of cocaine in this sort of national park in the states when he was trying to dump a bunch of drugs because he had to get out of there a bear found some of those drugs and ate a lot of the cocaine so this is the true story that it's based on 
And this is where the story begins. Everything else that happens is completely not based on fact. The cast <laughs> is amazing. Um, the jokes are really, really good. The CGI is actually really impressive. Really? And I tell you what, last night after I saw it and I posted a picture to my Instagram, I had a Bang Fan member shout out, uh, message me and said, oh my God, my husband worked on that bear for a year in Weta, which is Peter Jackson's special effects you know, hub in, in New, New Zealand. Zealand. And they were working on that bear and then she said, so I feel like cocaine bear is part of the family now, which I think is both <laughs> magnificent and terrifying at the same time. Absolutely. <laughs> but it was really good. Like the cast is amazing. And again, like it's being directed by Elizabeth Banks, who is bloody brilliant. It's set in the 80s when it actually happened. And the 80s aesthetic is not just in the clothing and the music, but also in, you know how sometimes in films in the 80s, especially in that heyday of cinema, the films were kind of, you know, relatively straightforward and simple, mm. but in a really lovely way. It was like this they is were a, a bit fu- shit, is what you're saying. But no, just like just straightforward, <laughs> like not doesn't have to be depth and layers. It's just like here's an entertaining yeah. ninety minute film, and it's really great, and there's a great cast, and it's well produced, but it doesn't have to have all this weight or these big reveals. It just is what it is, and that's mm. what this felt like. It felt like a hark back to the cinema of the eighties. And look, and no I love had, that. No about one had it. to go on a, uh, you know, like a a chicken and broccoli only diet and work out for 74 months to actually play this role of either cocaine bear or, I mean, they've all gone, hopefully they've gone a bit method and had fun with it. Um, I think they've had a lot of fun. I think they've had a lot of fun with this film. It's really great. Highly recommend cocaine bear. Very, very silly. So I have been up to other things this summer, but I felt like it was just too perfect that the day before we once again come together for bang on, that mm. I am coming off the back of witnessing Cocaine, cocaine Bear. bear which, Bringing the um, high quality uh, arts and culture criticism I'm here for. to the Bang On audience, Zanro. That's what I'm here for. Cocaine uh, Bear, get your face <laughs> in it. <laughs> Five stars. I've never seen so many snouts in uh, covered in white dust. Very, very good. Look, there's a few other things that happened over the break and before we get into, I guess, what's been happening more recently, which is what we do on Bang On, if this is your first visit, music, oh, art, life and if- stuff... If it is your first visit, we apologise. <laughs> We've got a lot to catch up on. so That's our remit. Um, but, yeah, what else has gone gone down? I mean, Pr- Prince Harry has been giving shout-outs to Elizabeth Arden. What is this? Oh, yeah. I think this was the best publicity for a product you could have ever asked for. And I imagine the publicity team at Elizabeth Arden woke up one morning and just went, oh, our sales have just gone through the roof and our mentions on social media are huge. Oh, that new media campaign must be working. Bow, bow. (laughs) No, Prince Harry has written in his book and I remember reading this going, you're kidding me. He talked about, it was so not right. He talked about having frostbite on his todger and using Elizabeth Arden cream to make it all better. What? (laughs) But then he even said it was the same cream my mum used and then it all got a bit Freudian. Uh, It was not right, but that was probably the highlight from um, Harry's book and publicity tour. (laughs) I find it so hard when people release memoirs and people just, you know, journalists cherry pick little quotes completely out of Mm. context. At the same time, did that story lend any weight to the development of Harry as the spare, as a person? Like, why did he tell that story? Exactly, exactly. I don't, I don't know, but he felt he felt comfortable. Although I suspect Todger as well. Did he use that word, Todger? I, I don't know. I think I use that word. I quite <laughs> like it. It feels like when you're talking about an English man, you need to say true, Todger. True, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, it's been a wild time for Harry and Meghan. I caught up on that whole um, Netflix series over the break. Mm. I was doing some work where I couldn't actually 
you know, read a book or anything. I sort of had large periods where I had to hang out backstage somewhere and I was like, I just need something mindless yes. to keep. So I watched the Harry and Meghan um, Netflix series. Did you watch it? I've watched half of it and, yeah, I, I, I feel really sad for them. I think it's a terribly tragic experience that they're going through and they're kind of, I don't know, I just think we should leave them alone now. It, it feels like... Yeah, I just feel really, really sad when you when you hear the the absolute behind the scenes and still the media that is just so awful to them both. It's just so unnecessary now. Yeah, they've they've moved away. They're not being paid by the crown. Um, but they did move. get paid a hundred million dollars from Netflix to make that series. That is true. That mm. is true. But everybody watched it, so it paid off. Yeah, I think that that's interesting. That like I understand totally why they wanted to get their side of the story out, mm. and they did. But it's almost like that thing of who gets to say the last word or who gets to change the culture. And I think in yeah. in saying speaking their truth, they hope to change the culture. But ultimately, we see that it's just the same old bullshit. Yeah. So it's kind of like, will this continue? Who knows? It's just all a bit of a circular drain of shit. It really is. It's exhausting and I can't imagine how they must feel. Yeah. Well, speaking of UK princes, Mm. Harry Styles is in the country and he's doing what some people are calling an Australian tradition. I absolutely balk at that. This is one of the most disgusting traditions I've ever witnessed. I feel ashamed of myself. I feel ashamed of anybody who's ever done a shoey and why Australia is associated. He's the latest international star to drink alcohol from the shoe he is wearing and has been sweating in here in Australia. Mm. Why does this keep happening, Miff? Why? I don't know. How is it an Australian tradition? I just don't get it. Who started the shoey? Your rank? It's disgusting. (laughs) Stop it. There's all sorts of business in shoes and and tinea and skin. Skin! (laughs) Like it's just what? Where? Who are we? What kind of animals are we? Who I mean, we're we? human animals, but who are we? Look, take we need to take a good hard look at ourselves over this shoey business. It's so disgusting. I can't handle it. I cannot handle it. I really hope um, he doesn't do it. I'm seeing him tomorrow night at um, Marvel Stadium in in Melbourne with wet won't. legs. Supporting. He's done it once. He's, he's is, done is it once. He's ripped he the bandaid off. He's ripped the shoey off. That's part he, of the um, hazing that Australian uh, uh, tours demand that exactly. you do a shoey and you get it out of the way. Get it out of the way in Perth where there's, you know, it's probably, it's far enough away from the rest of the country to be able to kind of just leave it there. You know what I mean? Um, First stop, only Shuey. Only Shuey, Perth. I mean, if they make Bjerk do a Shuey because she's only doing oh one Oh, my Perth, God. That would be, I'd be so mortified. So Bjerk's not mortified. doing a Shuey. <laughs> and if she is, it's from a glass <laughs> slipper made just for that. I, actually, that would be great. You should probably recommend that to her. Um <laughs> But yeah, it's just so rank, isn't it? And I don't, I, I just don't get it at all. Am I completely out of touch? Like, what was wrong with the days when we just made international stars eat Vegemite on toast? <laughs> like, I, I, I dream of those days when it was as simple as that, or gave them a caramello koala or something. Go, oh, isn't this nice? Like. A filthy fucking shoe. The days of cocaine bear is what you want to go back to. The exactly. glorious days of the mid eighties. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Well, Harry Styles has been in the news a lot lately and, and one of the things that um, Bang Fam wanted to know about, even though it feels now like a world away, we had one Bang Fam listener asking us to recap the Grammys. Mm. Harry Styles won Album of the Year, as you now know, and here's what he said when he got up on stage. This doesn't happen to people like me very often and this is so, so nice. Thank you very, very much. 
And that got a few funny little looks in the crowd um, because obviously as a, um, well, I don't want to be that person who says it, but it's true. Like he's a, he's a white male and that doesn't, st- stuff doesn't happen to me very often. That literally happens to people every day at, at ceremonies like the Grammys. They, you know, they, they celebrate um, a, a particular group and have only just started catching up to celebrating a more diverse mm group of musicians um I and think, so I, that was a bit of a I don't think he meant it that way he didn't but mean oh, it that it, way it was a bit of I a bung being a uh it was a class thing in the UK as we know uh, class is is still very much a part of the culture there mm. and I think he meant as um someone from a from a lower class to get to the top echelons of the UK music scene because he sees himself as working class. Um, I think that's what he meant. And I, I think when he sort of backtracked the next couple of days, that was what he was implying by that statement. But, yeah, it's um, yeah, it didn't, didn't quite ride, did it? Didn't ride well anyway. Well, Lizzo won an award. Beyonce made history. She now owns the most Grammys of anyone, 32 but she didn't win album of the year and i think this again is like people going what does she have to do like she created what for me was the album of the year not just a record that was a total party jam with exceptional lyrics but also just again reflecting the culture celebrating a culture um of the people that began dance music you mm. know queer black largely American but also European artists who created this whole scene that we draw everything from today and her tipping her cap to that. It just felt like a fuller album experience, again, for me, um, but I know for a lot of other people than than Harry's house. Yeah, um, absolutely. But it just, uh, yeah, I don't know. What did you vibe on the? Well, she can't win that. She can't win that category. They, they, It's almost like they won't award it to her. Yeah, she obviously deserved it, I think. Um but yeah, I, I don't know how you change these structures and the systemic bias. Well, they have changed the structure. They've changed the voting group of the Grammys, but still, mm. it's changed a little bit. There've been some good wins, and I yeah, say good wins. Yeah, what's it down to? What's it down? Is it is it everyone's? I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I actually legitimately don't know the answer to that. Yeah. These are the only award ceremonies we have too. I think that for me, whenever I watch these, I both love watching them because I love a good award ceremony while also mm. believing that giving awards for art and art that is so vastly different comparatively is a fool's game. But they're much like our Logies and our Arias. They're yes. the only ones we have and they That's do right. make an impact. And the Grammys are the biggest awards in the game. So, yeah. It feels like that was a long time ago, but um, we wanted to make a note of it because we have been away for a little while here on Bang On. On that awards ceremony, Shiz, the BAFTAs just went down and you sent me a piece about BAFTAs So White, another conversation that's continuing mm. about, yeah, who gets the awards in these large award ceremonies. The the BAFTAs, which is celebrating film and television, you know, actors basically, similar to the Emmys or I guess the Oscars, but probably more the Emmys. And they were, uh, again, the winners really slated in uh, the field of white people acting on screen. Yeah, absolutely. There was a, phot- a photograph taken of um, all the winners and all 49 were in fact White, even though the nominees uh, had come from, you know, all sorts of... 49. Different backgrounds, but yeah, the 49 winners. So it says something again about inclusivity has changed and yet somehow within the actual voting, nothing's changing. Nothing's changing at all. So what is it? Is it something within 
like, do they need to just get rid of the award ceremonies completely and come up with totally new categories? Do we need to? I don't know. I don't know. I'm 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 flummoxed. Get rid of award ceremonies. I kind of yeah. like that. Get rid of it. Start anyone, again. Just start again. <laughs> if we started again, would it be any different though? Maybe just not start again. But we like awards because we get to dress up. I'm so Sam. torn. I'm so torn. <laughs> Yeah. No, I think it, award ceremonies are always subjective and, and it, for, for centuries they've been decided by a certain type of person and that is slowly, slowly changing but it's not changing quick enough obviously to be reflective of society. There's serious issues. We need to, we need to sort this out and it's more than just having everyone involved. It's, there's got to be something more. There's yeah. got to be something more that the organisers can do. I don't know what that is, but it has to happen because otherwise they're just going to disappear into a, a trough of irrelevance. That's a good name for a band, actually. Trough of irrelevance? <laughs> yes. yes. Get your snout in. Get your <laughs> cocaine bear snout in. Speaking of great screen culture, have you heard this? Oh. <laughs> oh, Tiesto's got the old power drill out on the White Lotus theme. This is the first officially sanctioned and approved remix of the season two theme from White Lotus. Smith, this is what you're experiencing right now. Take me to a beta. <laughs> oh. oh, thank you, Tiesto. I think. Oh. oh, I'm not sure how to feel about this one. I feel like I need a shower. I know. It, it's almost like you can smell his music. <laughs> <laughs> like, and it whiff. smells like Davidoff cool water and it sweat. It does. It does. There's a whiff of something and it's got a, a hint of Jersey Shore, the boys' hair product from it's Jersey so Shore. It's so trashy. It's got a... It, it's 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 got a stickiness of the, the, a nightclub floor in Ibiza. It's it's got a lot of hair gel. It's got a lot of tanning product, and um, you need to work at a perfumery. And just a small sort of it's it's encased in just a small sort of tissue with a couple of straps. That's the sort of clothes that you'd be wearing while listening to that. I'm sure. Oh my god! You oh. really captured a vibe there, Miff. Oh. And then a bit of spew in a bin <laughs> And that's your review of Tiesto's remix of White Lotus. I can't believe that's the first remix that they've chosen to officially sanction. Well, um, the other one was really good. The I didn't that, need it. That's the thing. It didn't need it. The other one that, that went viral, obviously, end of last year, that was fabulous. Well, that was what? the original theme, like season two. Yeah. That was just the a kind of twist on the first season mm. and they did their own little beat. I don't think it needed oh, to be right. beefed that wasn't up. a remix. I no. thought that was a remix. No, that was just the season two theme. Um, mm. Season three is in the works though and did you see that maybe, just maybe, we could be onto where it's going to be set? Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Johnny yeah. Knoxville, someone who's always caused a lot of trouble. Yeah. Um, he's apparently really good friends with Mike White and he was doing an interview with Vulture magazine and asked to consider appearing in the white lotus and he's like mm. yo mike's a very you know mike white the creator and writer is a very close friend of mine and then he says he and i had been in tokyo together mm. i think that that's where the next oh oh i'm not giving anything away oh i might call him as soon as this is over he added i might call him again as soon as this is over <laughs> he's like, yeah, i cannot yeah, wait for this like, oh my god i cannot wait for this um it'll be set in some sort of onsen in the mountains. Oh my I god. Think. 
in the ice. I think it'll be icy this one. It won't be summery. It'll be oh, icy. Oh, interesting. And it's going to be. But there'll still be steam involved. I like that the heat will be yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, the heat. But um, Pamela Anderson, of course, has been touted as <gasps> the person to play Jennifer Coolidge's sister or the Jennifer Coolidge type. So I don't know if that's real or fiction, but I would love to I think it's hopeful is what it is. I would love <laughs> to see that. Absolutely love to see that. And and I haven't had a chance to watch the Pammy Anderson doco that everyone's been raving mm. about that's online, but um, she is having her renaissance and I'm here for it. So, yeah, White Lotus, get on board, Pammy. The pam naissance. I'm here for it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, a bit closer to home and particularly for you, Miff, and again, t- turbo Euro style. This is the sounds of the new Eurovision entrant for Australia heading to Liverpool with you and Joel Creasy. I love this song from Voyager. Promise and the story behind this synth metal band from Perth. Like, they've been trying to get into Eurovision for years, right? Yeah, years. And they've actually got quite a following in in Europe. Um, that synth metal sound is very popular over there. Yeah. Um, has quite a few fans here in Australia, but I think that sound is very much a European thing. And so they've been touring over there. They're well known over there. Um, and they won the audience vote on Australia Decides last year when we put the vote to the public. So All right. this year, for whatever reason, Australia Decides didn't go ahead, which was very sad because it's such a fun time. And you get but to wear cool outfits and go to the spiritual home of the Gold Coast as well. Exactly, exactly. That is my home address for, for just a week and I love it. Um, and they won the audience vote and obviously they went with it this year given their popularity from last year. So, And they're, they're a gorgeous crew, absolutely beautiful. I think it'll be a fun time. We're going to Liverpool. Of course, Ukraine won and Liverpool is hosting on behalf of them and I think it's going to be a pretty special Eurovision this year. Have you ever been to Liverpool before? Yes, I have been to Liverpool, but only briefly. Um, so I'll be looking forward to spending a week there. Are you going to do the Beatles tour? Do you have to do that when you go to Liverpool? I feel like you have to do it, but I feel like there'll be 50 million thousand people there yes. all doing the same thing. So I'm not much for lining up or getting up early, so, especially when I'm working at Eurovision. So no, no, wow. I have to go back and do that. I didn't do it when I went through, actually. Um, it's something I've, I've always wanted to do. But I love, never that. I love that honesty. You'll see me at the breakfast buffet. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, around 10, Having, 10 or 11 every morning. Yeah, but, well, just before 11 when they cut me off, I'll be the last one. <laughs> just coming in going, got to get my breakfast. So I might be in my pyjamas because I've seen a bit of that in the old holiday resorts of late. Have you noticed that at the breakfast? I've buffet? done People that. Just, I've done that. That's right. You did it. Just straight down in your PJs. I love it. Yeah, it's I like, mean, when you've got a bit not? of jet lag you're like, and the alarm goes off, it's like, I've got to get in there. This is part of the hotel food. deal. I need, I've got 15 minutes. I can scoff as much as I can. Doesn't matter if you've got your oh, caramello koala teddy bear pyjama <laughs> pants on. That's fine. And they're already or, always packing up. They start packing up about yeah. 10.30. So and you just feel like you. you're scavenging at that point. You're just yeah. begging for things. And you're asking for that coffee. Can I Can I have a proper coffee, not one out of the ma- terrible I machine? I scowl at you like, I can't believe and you've it, been sleeping. I woke up at 6 a.m. Why yeah. have you been sleeping? And the judgment is real. Oh, the judgment the is very real. The hotel buffet and then, judgment. And then when they look at your plate, <laughs> that's when the judgment is really real. And then when they take it away from you and then they see that you've already got another one and you're on the go again, you're doing the rounds. And then you might have a bit of yogurt right at the end with some fruit and then take, wrap up, I'm saying, saying too much, wrap it up with a bit of paper towel, a couple of, couple of those um, pan of chocolates.
Can I tell you? Good. Can I tell you a story? Just because I, I didn't plan this, but while we're on the mm-hmm. hotel buffet thing, when we're in Nashville to record our Keith Urban interview with the Take Five TV series last year, me it was me and the executive producer of the show and the director of photography and Aaron, who was the DOP. Mm went up and got his buffet. We were all just having breakfast together. And he came back and he'd put um, something on the top of the yogurt. He just got some fruit and yogurt and then something that sprinkled looked like, I don't know, some sort of like grains or some, you know, something ground up. And he took a bite of it and he's like, "Um, yeah, I think this is Parmesan cheese. (laughs) And we asked someone or he asked someone, he's like, "Um, what are you, like, why is the Parmesan cheese next to the, the yogurt? And the guy was like, yeah, yeah, that's we all do that. That's and a thing here. Yeah. I love that. So here's the other kicker. So we were like, no way is that a thing. Also, America's cooked and who the hell knows, the salty sweet thing, new levels. So we weren't convinced and we were asking everyone in Nashville, including Keith Urban. What did Keith if, say? If Parmesan on yogurt was a thing. <laughs> he looked at us like we were absolute idiots, like we'd been <laughs> taken so hard. And he just was like, but it was that cool kind of like just, uh-huh. <laughs> Almost like, are you serious? But also, I kind of feel sorry for you and isn't that sweet? (laughs) But he never gave us a definitive answer, Miff. No, I don't think he knew. I don't think he knew. I think he was covering his tracks and I think Parmesan might be a thing. And look, to be honest, I'd give it a try. I've had it on all sorts of things. (laughs) Two-minute noodles and Parmesan, I've already recommended that. I think I banged on about it at one point. You know, Aaron, you've worked with Aaron on your series Nice and you know how, speaking of which, how nice he is. He ate that whole bowl because he couldn't leave. He's the kind of person who won't leave things behind. It's a buffet. buffet. He didn't want to waste it. He ate that whole bowl of yogurt with Parmesan cheese and like chuck cheese, (laughs) not fancy Parmesan, but like dried stuff that you you don't need to put in the fridge that kind of parmesan. Uh, anyway, uh, great that the buffets are back post-pandemic. I love, I love the buffet. <laughs> I live for a buffet. Can you believe it's the first week and we've already got this happening? Fashion. Yeah. And, oh man, I've been seeing this everywhere. The big red boot. Are you across the big red boot myth? Yes, I am. I love the big red boot. Oh, yes, I I am. Who do you think I am? I will be purchasing the big red boot because they look really comfortable as well, which Mm, I like. like Squishy. They they basically look like the boots that Astro Boy wears, uh, if you've seen that animation. They are oversized. They are plastic. If you've had a Kong toy for your dog in the colour red, Probably pretty similar areas as well. That's a really specific reference and I'm mm. here for it. It's a chew toy. Like it, they look like a chew toy yeah. for a dog with teething problems. Um, <laughs> and they are amazing. They're kind of anti-fashion but fashion. Um, and my thinking is, well, it's okay. Go with the big red boot because quite frankly – Fashion is ridiculous and these look like you should be in a cartoon and it's kind of, I know they're trying to be anti-fashion but in being anti-fashion they're being they fashion, fashion and only rich people can afford them which mm. makes the Do you message know how much they are actually? a little bit diluted. Have you gone onto Facebook it? Marketplace? I don't know. Like have you, have oh, you seen any online? Do you want me to Google? Oh, can you Google? I haven't Googled How much ages. are the big red boots? I reckon just before you do I'm going to put a... Uh, Little guess out there. I reckon they are $2,700. That's U- a lot. US or Euro. Oh. Is that too much? Okay. No. Mount Brown. 350 American. I was way off. 
They're about so they're about what? I've overvalued the big red boot. You have, but that's still a lot for a great big hunk of plastic that's only going to land in landfill. Imagine the sweat as well. Speaking of oh. sweaty shoes, you would not be oh. doing a shoey out of a big red boot. But see, actually, there's not think, breathable fabric I'm, involved. No, there. I'm better. I'm better with a shoey in a boot like that than in a sand shoe, where everything can get in a sand shoe. Whereas at least with that, that's a contained container full of sweat. Obviously, so but disgusting. all shoes are. But this is a much better way of going about it. Welcome it's... back to Bang On, everyone. <laughs> Contained container full of sweat. That's the 2023 and energy you're bringing in. That's right. That's right. I'm into them. I, they look comfy. They look like Crocs. Well, you actually, I'm glad you mentioned that because the article that I read in Mashable, which asked the question, are big red boots the new Crocs? A valid question. And really mm. quickly, just as an aside, a lot of people DM'd me about the croc lights over the break where yeah. you could stick your little giblet of a light into the top of the croc and they became um, little torch beams on your mm. feet. Thank you. I am very into that and I will absolutely be taking on the croc lights at my yeah. next trip to a music festival where I'm stumbling through the night. But the question of are they the new crocs, you were spot on about this idea of them being kind of anti fashion. The people behind it are an art collective called MSCHF. Mm. And they are calling these boots a critique of capitalist mass consumption and the impermanence of trends. They want to subvert mass slash popular culture and corporate operations and tools for critique and intervention. It sounds like a PhD, um, yeah. but that's okay. They were also behind the Satan Shoe collaboration with Lil Nas X and they did some Air Max sneakers which were not given the co-sign by Nike. In fact, I think mm. they sued them. But they did some Air Max 97 sneakers that contained a drop of blood in the air bubble. So they do interesting things with shoes. And this is mm. kind of their idea around, you know, this anti-capitalist impermanence did, of fashion. But it is taking Crocs, hold. Didn't Crocs do that anyway? Like no one wanted them. And now only, they're permanent. Only gardeners loved them. Gardeners and your mum or your auntie loved them. No one else, no one. And now they are at the height of fashion. So I feel like they've, Crocs have inadvertently become a high art movement if this is what this other crew are suggesting. Crocs have inadvertently become a high art fashion movement. Mm. That's something if, I want on a T-shirt, Miff. That's absolutely. bang on on the back. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, this is what the, the big red boot is trying to do, but I feel like Crocs have already done it. So, you know, um, Take it or leave it, they do look really comfy and they look great for festivals if it's raining. Um, and you could probably use it as a pillow if you want to have a lie down on the ground. Or if, you, if you're squishy. a giant, you could use it as AirPods. They look like oh AirPods God, as well. Yeah. Just stick the one of each in your ear, <laughs> pop it in there and have a little listen. All the giants listening to Bang On today. I love that. I love that. Oh, now I'm in fairy tale land. I know. I'm just thinking of Jack and the Beanstalk. <laughs> Dare I ask, what are you banging on about today? We're already there. <laughs> we are there. already there. Um, I'm banging on about, um, like I said, I haven't watched or listened to Heaps over the break because I've been so sort of enmeshed in in Jace. what I'm doing and, yeah, just trying to get my head together. It's been a bit harder at this age. But uh, I did watch Fleischman is in Trouble, which was on, which is on Disney+. Plus. I watched that one over the break and I think I got kind of sucked in over Christmas because I thought it was one thing and this is what I quite liked about it. It, it stars Claire Danes and, and Jesse Eisenberg and, and various Lizzie Kaplan, a few others, Adam Brody. Um, and I, it started out as this kind of, uh, it looked like New York, indulgent New York 
marriage breaks up, tell me about your troubles kind of thing. But it actually flipped and what I liked about it, and I won't give anything away, it actually flipped how you felt about characters. Mm. Um, And I thought that was actually really quite clever and interesting and it's very soapy as well. Like it's very much relationship dramas and and a lot of discussion about mental health and mental illness and trauma, which I also wasn't expecting. I think I just went into it a bit blind. But I, I did really like how it flipped how I how I saw everything yeah and I think that's that's something that that stood out to me or that I guess has been the lasting thought from watching that it was it it took me it it was unexpected the way it turned and I liked that yeah I agree I um I saw it over the break too and I'd read the book and you know how I have this. Oh, see, I hadn't read the book. I'd never heard anything about it. I have the shittest memory. I don't remember what happened in the book (laughs) and I only read it like three years ago. So I just don't remember anything. There's there's an issue with that. But when I watched it, I was like, oh, that's right. And I could remember all the things that frustrated me about these characters reading the book. And same thing. I was like, when the flip happened, I was like, Oh, yeah, that's right. I did enjoy this book because of mm. that. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> I experienced it twice and I will absolutely forget both of them yeah. within the next six months. But I just love also watching Claire Danes act the shit out of it. Oh, like, yeah, she's just absolutely. so good. Isn't so, she? so good. And I thought also that that idea of how we see characters but also who deserves to suffer when it comes to yep. mental health and privilege and how our own biases play into that was a really interesting Absolutely. through line too. It's yeah, worth watching, I reckon. If you've got Disney Plus, it's worth watching. And the perspective of the person making what we see too comes into question. Yes. Oh, 100%. Mm. Yeah, mm. I, I really liked it. But stick yeah. with it. If you're about three episodes in and you're like, these guys are all Ugh. pricks. These are the I worst know. people in the world. <laughs> no, um, I hate have, it. Have faith. I don't need another New York drama about privileged people and their difficult lives. Blah. I'll just watch anything that's set in New York, though. I'm just a, such a sucker for it. It's just so nice to watch anything set in New York, the greatest city in the world. Absolutely. Hey, what are you banging on about? I'm banging on about a fantastic mockumentary series called Kunk on Earth that you might have seen a few people talk about. It just dropped on Netflix and it is created by Diane Morgan, who is a comedian that you probably would have seen in other things. I recognised her from Afterlife, which is another Netflix series, the Ricky Mm. Chavez series, which she was brilliant in. Um, It's been uh, produced as well by Charlie Brooker, who's the guy behind Black Mirror. And they're actually a creative but also life um, partnership, Charlie and Diane. And um, the basic idea is that this, you know, fake person, Philomena Kunk, who's Diane, travels around the world and interviews actual real experts um, about world history. (laughs) (laughs) And it is just... You can see some of the jokes coming, but it's just her timing is exceptional. It is all about her timing and just how she sort of presents herself as this um, dipshit journalist Mm. (laughs) asking these people about, um, well, for example, this. Take a listen to this. Which was more culturally significant, the Renaissance or Single Ladies by Beyonce? They both have their period. Um, They both have their time. Um, 
Beyonce I'm rather fond of, but what the Renaissance was trying to do was to reform culture as a whole, and whatever Beyonce does, I don't think she's quite got that ambition. So what, the, the work of a few straight white men just blows Beyonce out of the water? Is that what you're saying, on camera? So stuff like that. And mm. I had to Google, I was like, are these people actually real? And they're real experts, and I don't know whether they've been told that she's an actor or that they actually think this is a real BBC documentary yeah. about world history. And they're, you know when someone asks you a stupid question and you're like, I've just got to find a way to answer this without being rude. <laughs> that's, yeah, the whole, very cute. that's the whole vibe. It's it, so, so funny. Yeah, I love Philomena Kunkai. I came across her when, I think when I was living in, in England. Oh, and, she's done this character before, hasn't she? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and my favourite one, and this is, this, is, this is my extra bang on, just go and look up Barry Shit Peas and Philomena Kunk <laughs> discuss. Hang on, I've got to get the full title. I've only got half the title. Oh, now I've got an ad. Sorry, Googling. Yeah, here we go. Ad blocker on. I know. Oh, as if I've ever filled that. <laughs> um, Barry Shipman Pease and Philomena Kunk discuss Brian Cox's Wonders of Life. You know the documentary that that Brian Cox does about space and life and all of that. And the basically, this not the actor. Yeah, not the actor, no. And they basically set up the premise is that Brian Cox is on acid and, <laughs> or he's taken a bad pill and like then they put all the words that Brian Cox is saying and you go, oh, my God, it is like he's taken a bad pill. <laughs> it's one of the funniest things you'll ever see. It's so good. Barry Shitpeas is her, her co-conspirator in this one and Philomena Kunk, but, yeah, it's one of the funniest things you'll hear. Thank you for that gift. So, so into it. We're back, baby. That's it. We That's are. the first episode of Bang On for 2023. Um, I can't wait to hear the insane adventures that are going to happen over the next few weeks and months of, of Rocky Horror. I'll bring more to you than Cocaine Bear next week, I promise, though. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I'll bring more to you than Cocaine. <laughs> okay. Happy New Year, Miff. Happy New Year. <laughs> Here's a bag. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, I'll see you next week. Love you. Love you too. Bye. On. I'm looking at Miff as a tripod and you look beautiful. You've got a bit of sticky on your and front. And I'm looking at you as a microphone without a muff on it. <laughs> you ain't got your muff on. I've always thought of you as a muffless mic. <laughs> Imagine that as a burn. You're just a muffless mic. Muffless mic. <laughs> <laughs>